Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. It is Arctic here in Dallas today. Um, very, very cold in the sanctuary, for those of you who that matters to. <laughs> um, but somehow we were able to pray in there, as is our custom, before radio. And now we're up here in the booth. Got our little radiator heater on, which I turned on it about an hour ago. And it's it's helping us. So, you know, I almost asked Monica to get some prayer cloths so we could cover our lemon trees and our, <laughs> our orange trees, as the Floridians have taught us to do. But we didn't do we didn't do that so it's great to be able to be with you on this week before christmas and um good to have monica here again hello hello i'll send out a greeting to our our port saint john saints who texted me and said that they were going to be having lunch on the beach and listening to Saints Radio today. So if you're out there and it's warm and breezy and you're enjoying a nice meal. <laughs> lunch on the beach. We Man, that's, bless that's, you. We're glad to join with you in that. That's something that you would really enjoy. I would about right now. You're right. For more than one reason. To see actually see them face to face would be a great blessing. To sit in the warm breezy temperatures of florida i talked to pastor l for quite a long time on sunday and he he said it's too hot here <laughs> he said it's too hot i said well how hot is it and i think he said it was hovering around 79 80 oh well there's the humidity but over the humidity there. yeah so we bless you all in florida we're very thankful for you as we are all of the saints throughout the world. Yeah, it's, uh, I was mentioning on French radio yesterday that um, on Sunday we came here and it was kind of misty and it was cold and uh, I had been lamenting the fact that we weren't able to be over in Belgium during the first part of December, like has been the stance of the past few years. And when I got out of my car, I just stood there for a moment. And I thought, Lord, you brought Belgium in <laughs> December here because this is just what it's like. Yeah. Wonderful people, beautiful country. But every time we go in the winter, it's cold and it's usually overcast and it's usually a little bit rainy. But... Um, I will never forget the last time that we were actually in Brussels for our gathering at the OM Center mm -hmm. that I actually traveled alone there, which was unusual because normally I would travel with you and Katie or the rest of the team, but for whatever reason, I had to travel there alone and got to the airport and got a cab to take me to the OM Center. And it was a really nice cab. It was like a Mercedes Benz. I thought, this is just, I, this. thank you, Lord, for just the smoothness of this transition. And and so the guy starts driving. He drives toward the OM Center, and you know what that neighborhood's like. Yeah. And so he's, he's, he's seemingly getting a little bit lost. And, of course, I don't know it well enough to be able to give the cabbie directions. So he literally, like, at one point just stops the cab and says, this is as far as I can go. All the roads to the OM Center are blocked, so you need to get out. You remember that? <laughs> so he, I get out, and he gets my suitcase out, and it starts to rain. And I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and it's just kind of deserted. I mean, it's just, it, it, it was a cold winter's day, and... Um, Anyway, so I just thought, well, I'm just going to start walking. So I started walking and walked and walked and walked, and I prayed, tried to overcome the frustration of the moment. And and I happened upon 
another hotel, a hotel. And so I walked up to the hotel and walked into the lobby and I said, help. I just got dropped off by a cab and, and, and he said he couldn't get, take me to where I was going. Can you help me? And there was two of the nicest guys there and he said, oh, we'll get you there. So they got one of their hotel cabbies, got me in the car and drove me right up to the door. Mm. So I don't know what all that was about other than the fact that I guess the Lord wanted me to take a detour and overcome something, but I hope I passed that <laughs> test. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to get you to stay at that hotel instead of that frozen <laughs> outpost called the OM Center. Oh, my Lord. I tell you, tra- traveling sometimes, especially when you're doing it alone, it you, you have to... You ha- That's one thing that I've learned, because for so many years, traveling with you, Pastor... And, and subsequently, usually a team, you know, I, it's real easy to follow, which is what we're supposed to do. But there's a huge difference between following and leading and navigating yourself. And so um, those times that the Lord has had me navigate myself, you're a whole lot more alert and a whole lot more awakened <laughs> Yeah. To your surroundings, and to especially when you're in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, and you don't. And Paris is another story. London is another story. You know some of the places that we're so familiar with. But um, yeah, so the Lord, He took care of it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I thank God for what He did during uh, the, the years that so many of the saints were part of those gatherings at the OM Center, but I have to admit that I don't miss staying there. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> One night I woke up, I, I was in this room, and we had those radiator heaters, and half of them worked and half of them didn't. Yeah, you either got lucky and you got a really good warm room, or you got unlucky and you froze the whole time. Oh, my Lord. It was kind of a crapshoot. Is that I, a good word? I woke up. I woke up and I was checking what time it was and when I was looking at my phone I had a hard time reading it because my breath was just fog coming out of my mouth. I thought it is cold in here. So I got up and put my uh I put my North Face jacket on and got under the covers and then I thought, "Well, this isn't good enough yet." And so I I forget what I got and I was emptying my suitcase, dumping things on top of myself to keep myself warm. Well, then you, when you have to get up and walk down that cold hallway to go to the restroom, <laughs> oh which, Lord. of course, I frequented many, many times in the night. But it was, it was a blessing. God provided. <laughs> we, we made a lot of, of friends and, oh. and commissioned a lot of saints there. I remember that one. You, you went with pastor chris to his he and his family's place and i was going to get up in the more on that sunday morning and speak at pastor jacques papa jacques jacques church and it snowed that morning it snowed the night before too yeah so you were riding with a a guy who was a a wallander and so he was just going to barrel through with that german thing well Francoise was driving me. Oh, I've and heard. And Francoise, if you're listening, Francoise, I love you. I'm thankful for you. But you you kind of drive the way you are. I mean, you, you're really a kind of a feisty, <coughs> solid person who will just overcome anything. And you're, you're just barreling along. <laughs> and so we get to this church, which is, Papa Jacques is, is African. And... They're from the Congo. So I've got all these Congolese people in this big cavernous church that doesn't really have much heat. And I'm thinking, and and I'm not, this is nothing racial. They're just not, they're not raised in winter. So here they all are out there in this sanctuary and they're bundled up to beat the band. I mean, they've got coats and sweaters and scarves and hats, some two or three hats, you know, they're all bundled up. It looked like something from that cartoon. Um, what is that? Is it? I can't remember the name of the cartoon. Those little kids, and they're always bundled up. Um, 
I, and I preached, I forget what I preached about that morning, but I had, I had my sweater, I had a shirt and a, my sweater on and, um, they were all marveling at, at the fact that I wasn't just frozen. I marvel about that sometimes here because I think it must be just your, your growing up in a colder climate as opposed to me who was raised here in Texas. But sometimes I think when you're walking through the sanctuary praying and spending some time in the sanctuary and it's sub-zero in here and I think, where is his coat? It, it takes everything in me not to mother you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious and say you need to go get your coat on, son. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think my mind, my brain, still thinks I'm a teenager, and um, I think all of us have that kind of a viewpoint. So when I was a kid, you would just play out in the snow. I mean, you'd be out there until mom made you come in. And if it was anywhere in like the 40s or upper 30s, you just would go out and a shirt with a T-shirt or and, you know, it was just normal for you. And so I think a lot of times I still think that way, even though my body is telling me it's cold. It's cold. I remember when when Vicky Sparrow came with us to Montelamar. And then we, I think we went into France after that. Yeah, she was sick. Well, I remember, you know, Vicky. I mean, she's she's a sunny, you know, she's a she's a sunny girl. She's she's a warm weather girl like me. And she had this black leather coat. I remember, and I don't think she took that coat off the whole entire time we were gone, because you know it was cold in Montelamar. Yeah. It was maybe October, November. Yeah. And I don't remember. And then what Paris, it was it, it was, was freezing. And I led you guys on the march to the <laughs> to Eiffel Tower. Yeah, the Eiffel the Statue. Of <laughs> oh Lord, I would love to see that again right now. <laughs> oh, that was that was when uh, we had uh, oh the guy that was like a Napoleon. They called him Napoleon. Remember, they had the paper come up to take a picture of him. I can't remember what, Fratiglini or Frat, whatever uh, his name was. Yes, yeah. And I remember saying to all of you, look, I think Don't we're at sit this on meeting. the front row. Right. <laughs> I, I'm only speaking part of these times. I can't control what this guy's going to do. So don't sit up front. There's nothing I can do. So <laughs> it was weird. What weird experiences. Oh, we have so many wonderful, wonderful experiences. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to take the, 15 years. The, the challenging times with the many, many good times. But wasn't that, was that the time? I think that was the time when we really got to know Benichons. I think that was the time that Chevalier drop kicked. He did a fourth down quick punt. He punted on third down or something, you know, and he said, you take charge of the meetings. And I thought, how am I going to take charge of the meetings? I don't understand what these other people are saying. They're speaking French. They could be calling for an insurrection, and I wouldn't know. And we went for lunch. I think that's when it was. But, I, yeah, because remember we had the, the big uh, meal at the hotel at the end, and they had served duck and all this other stuff, and then the, the bill ended up on my... On my room, Bill. <laughs> Vicky and Nancy were there then. What crazy times. What crazy times. Yeah. But somehow God worked all in all. So anyway, we're not in Europe during this cold month. Of course, I, I also heard that, read yesterday, that England was doubling down on their COVID restrictions again. And um, I can't even fathom that. At the Christmas time, it's so festive over there in London. Christmas in Paris, too. I mean, it's it's such a beautiful thing to be able to go. I remember going with the ancient one, Elder Denise, uh, in early November to Galleries Lafayette, and they had just put up their Christmas displays. And it's it is as is everything in France. It's a work of art, just gorgeous, just beautiful. But it cold, woo wee, it's cold. So that's the weather, and now we'll check 
with Bob on what's happening in the world of sports. God is good. Amen. All the time. Amen. I was going through security last weekend. Or no, not last Friday, I guess. Heading to California to see Noah. And and the, the security checkpoint, there was two security checkpoint guys. Not the guy that you show your passport or your driver's license to. But, you know, when you put your stuff through the the thing. And my backpack, you know, the familiar old backpack that if it could talk, <laughs> it could write a book. Came through, and, and I said something like, well, praise the Lord. And the guy, I heard the guy in the background say, God is good. And then the guy on the other side said, all the time. And then the guy that was standing next to me said, God is good. And they just started this. And so I, got, I chimed in with them, and we went through this until I got, like, down the corridor of the airport. I could still hear them. Like, praising the Lord. It was so funny. Now, was this in Dallas? Yes. Okay, I thought so. I thought, I had a hard time out there hearing that in LAX. Oh, my goodness. It was so funny. Olivia was laughing. It was funny. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, we are in the final days of 2020. And... I'll just say this, Uh, this morning when I got here, I was sitting in my office and I cranked up, um, I I cranked up Kevin Prosh, I was playing it through my little Bose speaker, and I just started praying in there, I laid down on the India rug and was just praying, and the Lord gave me a, a really interesting directive, um, for what he's wanting from us as a network as we enter into the new year. And I am going to speak about this, I think, I think tomorrow, but then how we, how we coordinate that uh, in asking the network to partner with it, I don't know. We're going to have to figure that out. And I know this comes at I don't Christmas even know what, what time. Is it? Well, hold on. Uh, it's Christmas time, so everybody's got their their own stuff going on with their families, and you know, next week, next Wednesday, I know that's going to be Christmas Eve. Um, it'll probably be a Christmas Eve service, and or, or uh, on Wednesday Wednesday Night Live uh, will be kind of that, and then. The next day is Christmas Eve, and we'll have a Christmas Eve service here. But it it has to do with, and I don't want to teach this now, but we're going to have to pray and prophetically, almost like what the Lord put in my heart was, this is almost like a directive that then sent to the tabernacle. And we as a people have to, partner with the Lord in regard to this, but I'll teach on this tomorrow, but it has to do with the former and the latter rain, and it, and it, and it's some things that the Lord has shown just this morning, the Spirit was showing me that spoke about the meaning of that for where we are and for the things that he's taught us. It's really fascinating, but um, so tune in tomorrow. And we'll um, we'll try to determine from the Lord what we need to ask of our network prophetically, because those things we don't know yet. I just know that uh, two hours ago, three hours ago, the Lord really came into the room and said, "You need to teach on this." And it was one of those things where the Spirit was just popping all these different concepts that are hidden in that in those two directives in Joel and in Zechariah and I thought yes this is exactly where we are from this last year and where we're going into and we need to do this but how we do it it's not it can't just be a teaching because too often that goes in one ear and out the other it's stuffed in the back of the bible and uh, if people hear it at all. But just know that whatever I teach tomorrow, there will be prophetic directives and invitations coming 
but it's coming at the Christmas season. So I don't anticipate this really being launched until the week after next. But I think that the teaching needs to go out this week so that we can begin to ruminate in our spirit as to let the Word of God do the work in the soil of our hearts. And, you know, as a pastor, you need to recognize... <laughs> I don't I don't I don't really think you can launch something during Christmas week because it's just not going to it's just not going to be heralded. People's got too many things going on and you can't break that. But I do think that the word can go forth tomorrow and then we consider it. Maybe we talk about it a little bit next week. Maybe we I think this is something that the Lord it's kind of like a sila <clears throat> a long sila prophetically but I would say that by the 27th, um, which is the Sunday after Christmas, there will be some prophetic directives that are going to be released that lead us into New Year's. And I do believe that that's what the Spirit is saying. We're just talking about a couple of weeks here. But and I think that the Lord is being very deliberate with this. He, um, I was not expecting there to be this kind of a visitation today. Mm. But I do know that it's what the Lord is saying. And so we'll lay out, I'll lay it out tomorrow in Scripture. But then what we do prophetically in inviting the network, it's going to be, we're going to have to wait on this and then this word is going to come. I, I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if, uh, of course, I don't want to say too much because it's kind of like open your mouth and the Lord's filling it. It may be that we need to have a fivefold with some of the network pastors, churches, and hear what the Spirit is saying there about how we implement and Put a call out to the to the network. I don't know, but that's going to be something. I think we've said before that God is truly taking the prophetic ministry to a different a different level of function, and um, a lot of that coordination is going to have to come from the interpretation group and what you do but it it's going to have to be expanded it's it's kind of like um for the footprint of what god's doing internationally he's got to have a larger foundation for to build the thing that's happening it's kind of like what bill lackey said many many years ago he said God is digging a very, very deep foundation here because of the expanse of what he's going to build. And I think, I think given the fact that we have, you know, like last night, um, I was sitting in my house contemplating, honestly, as I get older, contemplating when I could go to bed. <laughs> and I got this video that Nikon and Carla sent to me from Sao Paulo and they had a big thunder and lightning storm going on there and so he set the thing up and took this video about two minutes long of the lightning and the thunder looking out over Sao Paulo and I you know we exchanged a couple times back and forth and I it just made me it was real time and I thought God, this is a continent that you've entrusted to us. And what is your spirit saying and doing during this interim time where we're waiting? And I thought, how do we, how do we develop what needs to be done there? How do we do this? Because it's so expansive. I mean, you, you can testify to this just as easily as I can. How many things can you sit on? How many eggs can you sit on? 
without saying, we've got to expand the coop here. I mean, can you give your full heart to the Elishas and to the supervision of of Europe and what God wants to do and to South America and what he wants to do here in this country and to the places that he's going to open up in this new year? I don't think I can. I, I don't think I can. And that says we need we need to hear what the Spirit is saying and to do it measure measure twice um, as we lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. Now because the you know, we, we said out of Isaiah twenty eight, you know, the, 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 the bed is too short and the cover is not big enough. And we said, this is what God's doing right now, years and years ago. We've got to, we've got to expand to see what God's going to do because the old covering is not enough and the old bed size is not enough. So what, what we have to do is say, Lord, these principles that you've given us, these amazing pneumatikos concepts that you've given us, you're going to use now to speak to us in more highly developed ways. But it's going to be what you say before the mercy seat. And um, I, I want to hear that, and I know you do too. So I think, I think we as, I guess why I'm saying this now which I didn't really intend to. I just got, we went out of the cold winters in Europe to this. Um, I know God's given a word. I'll teach the word tomorrow. But then I think we as a network need to all be in prayer, not get ahead of God, not, not as a network. You know, don't, don't give us a point-by-point point thing of what should happen because that's obviously not what God's saying right now. Um, he's letting the Word minister. He's letting us all receive the Word and dwell upon the Word, the promise. It's kind of like a sila of receiving, not just a sila of interceding and welcoming. It's a sila of receiving and, um, but then I, I really do believe that at the given point, there's going to be a directive. This is what, this is what the Lord is requiring, and it's from a more expanded base. Um, I don't really know how what all how, what all is going to happen. I don't know how this is going to play out, but I do know it's in keeping with what God has been saying for months now, you know, and, and maybe the bed, maybe we've outgrown the bed that has done glorious things for us. Maybe, maybe the covering, the mantle, you know, if you're talking about Elijah and Elisha, Elisha should not have been wearing Elijah's mantle. He shouldn't have been. He really shouldn't have been. Elijah should have been there. And the double portion of the Spirit means that there should have been Elijah's Spirit and Elisha's Spirit. And Elijah had to carry, Elisha had to carry both of those. And that, that shouldn't have been. That, that should not have been. And so I guess what I'm saying right now is that we firmly are committed to stand as a in in the progression as a as a Moses or as a as an uh, the top. How do you say that? I don't want to say top. Yeah. As the established tier of the mighty men, but we've got to make way for the Elisha's mantle. And that spirit, and we've got to make way for the way the schools of the prophets, sons of the prophets, are supposed to be ministering. What could 
what could have happened with those 7,000 that God had hid and that Elisha saw some of them as Elijah was making that circuit? What could have happened? And Elijah stayed there. What could have, what could have been developed? And subsequently, it wasn't. I don't want that to happen here. And what could have happened? We've said this over, over and over. What could have happened if Moses would have actually gone into the promised land? And Joshua could have mobilized. And then the tabernacle uh, could have been populated by Moses. And um, the armies could have gone forth from Gilgal. What, what could have happened there? But we'll never know. Maybe we will know. I hope we'll know. But um, I do believe that perhaps in these next two weeks, as we've entered into this year of the prophet, um, we all wait on God and say, don't not necessarily ask for a directive, but ask him to make the soil ready for how we need to begin to um, welcome the the expansion. And I think part of that is, I'm not, I'm just rambling here. None of this is premeditated. I think part of this is, you know, you've got a whole group of firebrands out there that are learning about proscuneo, I'd be really interested to hear after divers prayer time what they think is happening right now. Based upon, again, I'm not trying to push anything, but this directive I know is from the Lord about the, the, the rains and um i i think i think we i think we're going to need to coordinate a number of different prayer pursuits in these next couple of weeks prophetically and then it's, it's nothing new it's just an expansion upon what's been built um i think there's a there's a greater authority that god is giving and how did Issachar know what Israel ought to do? How, how did that happen? I, I don't really know. I, I think we patterned some of it. But how did you get... You think about that. How did Issachar get those other tribes to do anything? There's a difference between knowing what Israel ought to do and actually having Israel do it. <laughs> you know... That's our, that's our challenge right now. How does the pneumatikos and the prophet in the house operate to tell the church what should happen? How does that happen? So I, I think that I know that these are divine principles that the enemy has chopped up over the years. And I think that's what we need to really be praying for right now that the soil and the groundwork of that would be made ready so that God can then speak and begin to develop this. I pray that over this next year, we will see such great strides in the the expansion of the prophetic office, the true prophetic office. As opposed to that fake one we've been... (laughs) Well, by what I mean, yeah, you're right. Well, what I mean is, you know, what, as Moses said, you know, when those couple of people came and said, you know what, they're prophesying in the camp. And Moses says, would be to God that they all prophesy. And, and I think that was one of the truest things he he ever said, because you know, even even when Jesus anointed the 70, and he was just walking with the 12, and where were those 70? 
what happened to them? You don't see them very much at the cross. So I think that there's always in the heart of God the desire to see the expansion of the prophetic footprint. It has not it has not worked. And I, I feel so, as strongly about this word as I did when God first started saying, Elishas are coming, which at the time seems goofy. Because everything, well, how's this going to happen? What's that mean? Well, we've seen it. We've seen it. And I, I believe that we're going to see the expansion of the prophetic structure and the footprint of the prophetic because we've got to have that. That was That's a long ramble. That's a whole lot of chit there. You have any chat you want to say? Yeah, a couple things I can respond to. Um, just in response, I know that this is past weekend, as I've prayed, just as a prophet, as I've prayed before the Lord, the Lord just put so strongly on my heart that very beginning verse in Psalm 23 about the Lord being our shepherd we shall not want and and literally that that want is the the translation it 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 speaks of through his grace him providing everything that we need and I'm not talking about material stuff. Yeah. I'm talking everything that we need. And the Lord just really put on my heart that he wants to give us the capacity not only to give of ourselves in a fresh new way, but to be able to receive. And as you've been talking, I feel my spirit expanding. And I feel that by his grace and through that word, I feel that he only by him and only by his grace can we receive the capacity to be able to do all that he's called us to do mm -hmm. by the spirit. And so it really triggers something in me and, and helps me to understand, you know, these, these coming days, you said, you know, to prepare the soil, I feel like we all need to be before the Lord to really just before the Lord to be able to receive of his spirit, just that capacity. And, you know, you talk about, okay, you've got this camp, this camp, this camp, this camp. How do we manage all that? And that has been really overwhelming for me. It is. So overwhelming in my thoughts and just in my deliberations before the Lord. How can we do this, Lord? Because I have felt the gravity of it as well. And I think it's really so much of the key is, is us learning how to receive prophetically by the Spirit the 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 capacity to do this yeah. and and so that makes sense to me and so i just want to encourage everyone to be before the lord and know that he wants to fill us to overflowing he wants to fill us with his spirit and with the capacity to be able to function in the things that he's given us to function in and then I also think about, you know, you talk about the former and the latter rain, and I don't, you know, I haven't heard the teaching yet, but, and I don't want to reflect, you know, I don't want to hammer this too hard, but I do know that the last time that we were, we met in Oregon, and, and the, the Lord very clearly said, this is to be called the Camp of the Saints. And it was to be like a seminary. It was to be something that was going to train us for the days ahead. Mm -hmm. And I remember the, the most, if, I, if I'm remembering this correct, the message that you came with was about the former and the latter rain. Yeah. And I wonder how the enemy got in there and hijacked. But we're not going to give him any credit <laughs> because what's happened over the last couple of years has been necessary. And so um, I, I just think it's interesting that here we're coming upon this new year and how many things have just literally been turned upside down, have been, you know, have shifted, have been reset. You know, we can say it like that. That's what Pastor L kept saying. 
really to to position us and to establish us and to prepare us for what is coming. And and God's serious about this. He was serious about that day about the camp of the saints. He was serious. And so I just think that it, it's just really interesting. And I think that it's, I'm so thankful um, for where we are, even though it's very uncomfortable. Because you talk about expansion, it's uncomfortable. And I feel like, and this is just me personally, but from a prophetic, I mean, if I'm part of this body, then what is happening in me affects the whole body. It's just the way it is. And so I feel like I am in this intense place of pruning. You know, there's a difference, but, you know, there's a difference in the different processes that you go through in the Lord. But the pruning is to prepare you to be more fruitful, right? The pruning is to, to prepare the bush or the, to be able to be more fruitful and, and to put, bring forth more fruit. And that's expansion. But it can't happen without the necessary pruning. Yeah. And so, like you say about, you know, the, the real prophetic or the, the true prophetic, God is pruning back those things that, you know, may have worked and that were true for a season, for a number of years. But he's pruning those things back, really, so that we can be that branch that bears forth the fruit that is necessary in this coming season. And it, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable when he gets those shears after you. And, you know, it, it takes everything you have to, you know, to say, Lord, don't take that. You know, that's working. That's, that's, that's beautiful. But that's the place where we are, or at least I'm just speaking personally. Well, no, that, that's, that's true. And, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that's, that's a, a good assessment of what's, what's truly happening. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I think that one of the things that is gonna be developed through this is something that we've talked about over and over again from the book of Revelation that the enemy is going to fight against the saints and the prophets. And I think that what that means is, you know, the, the primary emphasis is going to be the hagias because that's what God's restoring. Any prophetic word other than that is ludicrous mm -hmm. because you can't have what God's restoring and then everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not going to work. But I think that by that time, you can forget about the general church. They're either going to be raptured or um, serving, many of them serving on their face before the Antichrist. You think, how can that happen? Well, take, take a good hard look at the Methodist church right now. Take a good hard look as you drive through town and see how many churches have turned and are not following the scripture anymore. And I'm not damning the church. That's a bad term because I'm not speaking about the ecclesia. I'm speaking about a gathering of people who say they're Christian. And you want to think what's going to be in 10 years if the Lord tarries that long? So the base of the saints is going to have to be those prophetic voices, those schools of the prophets, those sons of the prophets that are holding on in intercession to declare, thus says the Lord. So I think that part of what's happening in this year is getting ready for that. And it why not before now? Well, it's not been God's timing, you know? It, it's not been God's timing. Mm -hmm. So, and I was just looking at a couple of things, like when Elisha was going around with Elijah before Elijah was going to be caught away. And those different schools would come out and say, do you know that Elijah's going to be taken from your head now? And Elijah would say, I know it. Hold your peace. She said two things about that. 
these schools are sensing to some degree timing and placement and uh, they when they report to Elisha he says hold your peace which which doesn't mean shut up it it means okay be silent on that for a while it's kind, to me it's kind of like sigao s i g a o in the in the new testament which Jesus told his disciples to do where you just sit on this for a while you ruminate upon it that's a good word um you you just mull over this let it let it temper and and i think that those are functions of this what god's going to be developing in these pockets of prophets um and even the, even what i said earlier which seems very uncomfortable it's different from what we've done we're going to say this in the word but we're not going to give any directives right now you just wait on this you just wait on this and we'll we'll hear how we're supposed to process this and then we'll release it i don't know how that's going to happen it's very similar to what elisha said hold your peace i th- i think that there's a lot of developments that God is going to be bringing into a point of function that are going to make some of these odd scriptures a lot more clear. Because for all the world, it seems in that Elijah-Elisha thing that um, they're trying to one-up Elisha. And some of them might have been. And at the end, when Elijah was yanked away, 50 of these strong ones were there saying, Hey, Elisha, we see the Spirit is on you, but can we go out and search for Elijah? Maybe God dropped him on the side of a mountain when he was taking him up, which is ridiculous. And Elisha said, Okay, go ahead. And then when they come back and haven't found him, Elisha says, Didn't I tell you that? So he had some hard problems there. We want to eliminate some of those problems. You're not going to eliminate all of them. But if Elijah and Elisha were all there together, what could have been developed in these prophets? That's all I'm saying. We're kind of riding here, aren't we? (laughs) So Merry Christmas. I think this whole year has been a weight on WAIT. I I think this whole year we've been seeing development, but the promise of God has been happening, but a lot of the things that we were going to do in the natural were put on hold. And in the midst of that waiting... God has been developing kind of like an incubation period of the egg of creativity. Um, Don't you think? Of course, some of us have been traveling. I I don't think it's just about the traveling. I think it's... Well, what I mean is going out and visiting an outpost. Oh, yeah. But I think that just the way that the Lord has allowed us to creatively reach out through other means has been very fruitful. Yeah. So I think that in a lot of ways, um, I mean, to me, this has been not the easiest year, but it's been one of the most fruitful years. And so. Yes, it, you're, I agree totally. And for for me, I can't speak for you in this, but with every one of these junctures, things that God's developing, a large part part of what I'm praying, and I believe this is of the Lord, is, Father, whatever we do, let it be what you want and let it work. See, that's just it. I mean, it's almost like he's brought us to this place. And hear me when I say this. I'm not saying something 
you know, when, when you when you start, you know, I think about just 20 years ago. I think about 18 years ago. I think about when we first launched the prophetic ministry. I think when when all that was being freshly developed and it was all new and, and, and exciting and fresh, something we'd never done before, um, it, it it's a different perspective than you live it, you work it, you labor, you do the work of the ministry, you train, you develop. Throughout that pathway, he's given such incredible revelation about the prophetic, about so many things. And then we come to this place. And, and in a lot of ways, if my flesh was speaking, I would say, I don't, me personally, I can, I can, I can come up with some really great ideas, but that's not what I want. I want the spirit to speak. A hundred and fifty percent. I don't want any of me because not that what we've done in the past is not work. It was greatly fruitful the way that the people were trained in the prophetic in the fivefold. Well, it was necessary. It was so necessary and it laid the foundation. But here you come to this new place and it's it's not reinventing the wheel, it's digging deeper. Mm-hmm. It's digging the whole you know, it's 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 digging it, it is that expansion. But from a freshly perspective, you look at it and you think, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> so that's why I just feel like I know me personally, I need to receive that creative spirit. I need to receive that expectation. I need to receive that from his spirit, Re- really receive it inside of me so that I can apply it mm-hmm. and, and function in it. And so that's exciting. I mean, that, that alone is exciting. So... It's, but I, I will say this also. We have got to be faithful in prayer. We yeah. have got to be faithful in our diverse intercession. We, it, it, is, it is absolutely so necessary. And I, I just, I, this is not a harping. This is not a preaching. This is just a, an exhortation from the Father. We, we have to... You know, I, I exhort you that you pray and not faint. And it's just so necessary. I boy, I agree with I agree with that from from a personal standpoint. You know, it, in so many ways, we've been taken out of our normal routines. But that's it, had purpose, too. It has. It's but like, where's it, our dependence, you know? Yeah. I didn't mean to. No, no, you. no. I mean. And and in some ways, it's created a a vacuum, and um, I I I just give an illustration. I you know I I come up I come up here every day, and I I can pray, but that's not enough so like in the mornings i've been sitting in the dark in my house and praying and then like yesterday afternoon uh it's about 4 20 4 30 i went and just sat in the front room of our house and made myself be still before the lord these are things that i've done in the past sporadically but you know we've been praying in other ways but but i think i think the lord is wanting as you just said to remind us of how necessary it is for us to pray in diversities of tongues you know, and to wait on the lord and listen this morning i i i was the lord led me in into daniel and i was reading in daniel in chapter 6 about how you know it was interesting because just the the layover of where we are you know as a nation but you know daniel had that excellent spirit and he found favor with darius with the king and darius darius and and it it says at the beginning of of chapter six it says remember the the all the other guys they they resented daniel because of his authority and because of the favor that he'd had and so they they get the king to sign to sign this edict 
that says that, you know, if you worship any other god other than you, king, then you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. And and I was just thinking about uh, just thinking about that in this this crossover in our administration. You know, when it's finalized. And what did Daniel do? He goes to his room and he prays three times a day. He opens the window, he makes supplication. He prays, he gives thanksgiving. And 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 that really touched me. I thought, you know, Lord, are you calling me to, you know, to pray three times a day when you said that? I, you know, I think maybe he is um, through this season. But, you know, then we know he was thrown in the, the lion's den because the king couldn't go back on his his edict. And, and, and the Lord delivered him. And then the Lord was glorified and acknowledged through the whole kingdom. So, I, you know, I see the progression of that, that perhaps it was kind of a promise for me that, yeah, we may be thrown in the lion's den. You know, we, we don't know what this administration is going to bring as far as persecution against Christians. We, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but w- what we do know is we will not waver and we will be before the Lord and the Lord will preserve us and the Lord will be glorified in the end. And so, um, I said all that to say, I totally bear witness what you're saying. Prayer is a discipline, and in a lot of ways, this last year where we haven't had really organized prayer times, it's really checked the hearts of all of us to to have that self-motivation and passion to pursue him on our own, to come up here and to pray. And, you know, you've given a lot of um, exhortations to do that, but it's, I mean, it's really where the rubber meets the road. (laughs) So anyway. You know, you were talking about the new administration <laughs> I was thinking about I was thinking about uh, Elijah who was in power when Elijah was there Ahab and who oh Jezebel <laughs> see there I mean I'm telling you we've got to be before the Lord I mean we <laughs> oh man. and we cannot waver in yeah. our stands I mean yeah. No, if they tell us we can't worship, we're going to worship. You know, we cannot waver. And we don't know what it's going to look like, but we do know that God is with us. Maybe maybe it's going to be, maybe those portals of travel are going to be open during this time. Like Obadiah went out to find him and they said, I came to find you. He said, tell the king that I'm here. He said, I'm not going to tell him that because I know the spirit is. He'll pick you up and take you over here and take you over there. That would be great. We won't need a a, a vaccination passport. Of course, you better live right once God moves you somewhere else so you can get back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So anyway, we are down to two minutes left. Um, I noticed that the... Uh, First Saturday words have been posted. Please look at that. God speaks through that. And um, also be in prayer concerning what we've talked about today. And um, tune in tomorrow. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Did you used to watch Batman when you were a kid? Some. I had an older brother. so. Yeah, I watched that. Uh, I thought that was so funny. It was so outrageous. Did I tell you about the time? Okay, here's an end time story. Not end times. Here's an end time story. I used to, when I was in college, I, I, for a couple of years, I traveled with this choir called Revival Time. And so we went into New Orleans, Louisiana, to sing at this big church that pastored by Marvin Gorman. And so we had... We had all day Saturday to do nothing. And the guy that we were staying with, my roommate and I, we were staying with this commercial fisherman. And so he would be out all night fishing, and then he'd come back in and he'd sleep. So we're just sitting around. So my roommate at that time said, let's go down into New Orleans. And I said, Maury, I don't think we should do that. I mean, we, we, he said, come on. So I went with him. So we're walking through the French Quarter and come around the corner and I run smack dab into Cesar Romero who played the Joker in the Batman series. He was tall, just really good looking older man. And 
he was so gracious. He said, son, I almost knocked you over. (laughs) And I said, oh, Mr. Romero, that's fine. If I'm going to be knocked over by anybody, I would prefer it be you. And he put his head back and laughed. He said, well, you just have a great day. He said, I'm sorry. I ran into you. I was really the one who ran into him. But I thought that was a clash with same bat time, same bat channel. And Maury said, see, aren't you glad we came down here? (laughs) Oh, pow, zoom. (laughs) Okay, that was a story just thrown in there for extra, extra effect. I don't know what effect it had. But let's continue to pray. May the blood of Jesus continue to cover all of you. Stay well and whole. And uh, we appreciate all of you very much. Amen. 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 God bless. Goodbye.